Welcome to the Kitchen Sink meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Please note, we will be holding this meeting via Zoom for the foreseeable future. If you'd like to attend the meeting live, go to oalaig.org for login information. And now, our speaker. Hi, everyone. My name is Lewis. I'm a compulsive overeater. So right off the bat, I love this meeting. It's, 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 I, I got to speak here. It was the first, um, uh, uh, first uh, meeting I did after my second kidney transplant. And uh, I remember coming in and, and, you know, I, I, I always love the, the, the vibe of the in-person, but um, what I've been loving lately, of course, is, is the fact that there's so many unfamiliar faces in this meeting now and, you know, from all over the place. And that's such, such a gift. Um, I also like to start with, with my pictures because, you know, I need you to know that I'm, I'm like you, right? Because anyone can just roll up and be like, yeah, okay, what's this guy know about my disease? Um, and I just like to show the pictures because it just shows you like the sort of physical, uh, toll it takes. So the best part about Zoom is that it's right in your face. So no matter how big or small your screen is, I'm pretty sure this picture is taken up all of it. But this is me at my highest weight, uh, 380 plus pounds. I always joke uh, that it says plus because that's what the scale said before I stopped getting on it. And, of course, obviously, people, it's science. If you don't weigh yourself, you can't gain weight, right? Duh. So 380 pounds, my heaviest, um, also drinking heavily, excessively, uh, definitely into the alcohol also, but food, food was my master here, you know, and of course I did the thing where I layered my shirt because, you know, of course that's, that's slimming. Um, even after losing 100 pounds, um, I'm still morbidly obese, 280 pounds, and food is still ruling my life, and I was living this life at, you know, 20 some odd years old, 23 maybe. And, um, you know, that a 20 plus year old would have loved. And I don't remember a lot of it because a lot of it was in a food haze. Um, I was just getting through things. I wasn't experiencing life. I wasn't living, you know, I was just getting through things. If I can just get through this, get through that. I can just get past this. My mind living in the future, living in the past, never where I'm at. Um, this is uh, my lowest weight, 175 pounds. This is 2006, seven. Um, what's great about this picture is, is that I'm absolutely crazed in this photo. This is pure white knuckling. This is sheer force of will. Um, this is me doing it on my own. Uh, you could look behind, look at those eyes, get a little closely, zoom in if you can. Uh, but there's nothing behind those eyes. Absolutely nothing. There's a massive God-sized hole in this person's soul. And there's a tornado in that head. There is zero peace. There is zero joy. You don't need me to tell you how to lose weight or gain weight or whatever your flavor is. You don't need me for that. We can all kind of do that, right? But what happens when life gets hard? What happens when we have to meet life on life's terms without a spiritual solution, right? I will always swing the door wide open for my friend food. Always. And this is before I came, a couple of years before I came into the program. Um, I was heading towards divorce. 
Uh, mind you, there, there's a kidney transplant between this photo and this photo. Uh, and I, I've, I've heard, I could be wrong, I'm no doctor, but putting on 100 plus pounds in a year is not good for a transplanted kidney. Not good. And this is right before you guys saved my life, before these 12 steps saved my life. This is me about a year ago. This is uh, April 18 or 19 last year. And, you know, the weight's gone, fine. The pants are gone, great. I had a birthday in pandemic. You know, it was one of the best birthdays of my life. Why? Right? Why? How? I'm locked in my apartment. It's a one-bedroom, not even a two. And it's because there's joy in my life today. There's joy in this person's life. There's a spiritual solution to all this man's problems. This person practices the 12 steps in all his affairs, not just when it's convenient. Um, so, yeah, I like to identify. I, I need you to see me because hiding is what I love to do. Lately, also, before I get into it, um, this line in the big book uh, that's been really sticking with me for the past few months is, is, is uh, in, in the family afterward where it talks about showing others who suffer how we were given help is the very thing which makes life seem so worthwhile to us now. Cling to that thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have. The key to life and happiness for others, whether you can avert death and misery for them. That's why I say yes when I'm asked to speak. So if you're struggling today, you know, just know that what you're experiencing can benefit someone else. And if you're new, especially if you're new, returning your first 30 days, especially welcome to you. You're the most important person here. And the main reason I say yes, I need you to know that this, this is available to you. I'm not special. I'm not a, a guru. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a floater. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a person that never gets angry. You know, I'm not a person that never gets sad. You know, but I have I have a higher power that I 110% believe has my back. And I'm so glad that in this meeting we read how it works. Because as an addict, I'm just your run-of-the-mill addict. And I love that the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous has a, a chapter called How It Works. As a chapter called There Is a Solution. And I still doubt it. I love that it's literally how it works. How it works is literally how it works. It is the recipe, right? And I still, I still, in the very beginning, sat here and thought, if I could just figure this out. Lewis, it's right there. But this is why I need you guys. Um, before I came into the rooms, uh, I, I remember it was New Year's Eve. Oh, by the way, I have, I have four years uh, uh, and 11 months of continuous abstinence. Um, I don't make unilateral food decisions. Um, when I, I have a friend in program who laughs at me excessively because I say I'm not a plumber, right? I don't, I don't mess around with the pipes under my sink. I'm not a mechanic. I don't mess around with my car. And I am a compulsive eater through and through, and I don't mess with my food. 
the second, the very second that I think I can negotiate with the food, I'm done for. I'm dead. Dead, literally. Um, but, uh, but anyway, before I walked into these rooms, I was sitting in this very same apartment about five years ago, five years and change. And I wanted to die. I wanted to die. I remember it was New Year's Eve, and some of you may have heard the story, so bear with me. It was New Year's Eve. I sat in this very apartment. I had the, the Netflix um, uh, fireplace thing going on the TV over there. And I was doing the the uh, uh, obligatory Instagram post, uh, you know, everyone have a safe New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. All the while, I'm sitting here wanting to die. And I remember scrolling through the I don't even know where my phone is. Uh, I remember scrolling through my phone and, you know, it was like some invisible force kept stopping me from hitting send on calling someone. Scroll, 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 scroll. No one wants to hear from me. Scroll, 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 scroll. Everyone's busy and having a good time. Scroll, scroll, scroll. I don't want to be a downer to anyone. Scroll, 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 scroll. And and the fact that I wanted to die scared the living hell out of me. And some voice in the back of my head said, get some fucking help. Get some help. Today I know that voice is my higher power. And the only help I knew how to get myself back then was a therapist. Go to a therapist. And <laughs> she pegged me so quickly. It took, it took two sessions for her to go, Lewis, you're an addict with food. And, and, and it was a straight up, I describe, you'll make it describe as a punch to the chest, right? When you're not expecting. Because it was the very first time someone has actually seen me, right? Someone had actually seen through my BS, right? Through the facade that I'm, that I'm so great, through the facade of my ego, through the facade of, of, of my fake smile, through the facade of all of it, and peg me. Lewis, you're, you're an addict with food. And I desperately did not want to hear that. And you know, that was a thing. I was certain that I was the only one who ate that way. I was certain that I was the only person who did disturbing things with food. She said, are you willing to go to something called Overeaters Anonymous? They said, no. And she gave me the phone number, and I remember calling, and finally, you know, life had to beat me up some more, and I had to go, I called the number, and, and I wish I could remember these names, I'm so bad with names. Uh, someone answered the phone and said, Lewis, great news, there's a meeting a mile away from you, and I'm like, great, when is it? It's like Sunday morning, well, I kind of watch football on Sunday morning, and go to Dunkin' Donuts, and, you know, she's like, what, what, what time is it at? 7.30 in the morning. Oh, oh, great. Thanks for your help. I appreciate it. Click. But life had to beat the hell out of me some more. I learned things the hard way. And I had, what had to happen to me is like the big book says, I had to be beaten to a state of reasonableness. I had to keep taking licks until I was certain I was done. And I, I crawled into that room. 7.30, Sunday morning, Studio City, crawled into that church. 
And and I'm just going to tell you this right now. I, I grew up in a religion. I grew up very resentful uh, at, at God um, because I was born with a ton of medical issues that required surgeries and, you know, uh, uh, as, as young as a toddler throughout my life, tons of surgeries in and out of the hospital, uh, uh, tons of procedures, poked and prodded. And I was like, I'm alive despite God, not because of God. So when I walked into that, and if you've ever been to that church, that meeting, there's a giant sign. I mean, giant sign that says God is love above where the speaker sits. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? And then I look down and everyone's laughing and smiling. And I'm like, what's wrong with these people? Don't they know life sucks? What are they doing? I, something told me to stick your ass down, Lois. And there was this really sweet-looking, blonde, normal-sized lady there sitting in, in the speaker chair. And she says, hi, my name is so-and-so. Wish, God, I wish I could remember her name. Hi, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an anorexic. Well, that's the opposite of my problem. What the hell is this? Again, I want to reason the lead. Maybe, I don't know, I, time always changes. It took minutes. It took minutes for me to break down into an ugly freaking cry because this woman's story was mine. The food behavior was different, but holy crap, the insanity, the inability to deal with life on life's terms, the spiritual malady was the same. And I sat there after that meeting thinking to myself, holy crap, I think I belong here. So, of course, I was going to make a beeline for the exit and hit the drive-thru, because that's what we do. And someone stopped me. And they said, hey, there's a couple of us that get together for breakfast. Do you want to go? And back then, you, you know, I just lie. I just lie for no reason. There's no good reason for me to lie. I'm just like, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> and then I'm driving home. I'm halfway home, and I sit there, and I go, uh, just go. And and I, I went to the breakfast, and I sat there with these, these group of guys who were also at the meeting. And and I, they started to ask me things, and it was the very first time I had said out loud the things I did with food, the disturbing way I ate. I described it to them. And no one was appalled. Everyone was just like, oh, yeah, that's great. Thank God for those people. Thank God that I went to that back to that meeting. Someone took my hand and led me through the steps. And and today you'll hear a lot of questions and a lot of a lot of phrases you don't you might not understand if you're new. You know, there's nothing you have to figure out. There is nothing in this life today that I do alone. There's nothing I have to do alone. Someone walked me through the steps. I didn't know something. Odds are pretty good. Someone in this room has been through what you're going through right now and has the experience, strength, and hope to pull you out of it. And it's beautiful. I love that when the big book describes, like, we're people who normally wouldn't mix. It's absolutely true, but here we are in this same lifeboat. You know, how many people are here? 107 people here saving saving each other's lives. 
here we have a spiritual, you know, disease and we're trying to cure it. And, and I have to believe in that power greater than myself because let me tell you something. If you're going to rely on your food plan when, when, when life's in session, you're going to have a bad time. I need to access power. That's what I don't have. Today I work on the premise and I don't know, I don't know nothing. I was about to swear. Uh, but I work on the premise that I don't know anything. I don't know anything. These are all things I've just picked up along the way. These are things I've picked up following the path that other people have lit for me. This book, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, is a blueprint. It's a straight-up instruction manual. And if I'm not sure what to do, I ask someone for help. If you're struggling today, take that hand. You have five minutes, Louis. Five minutes? Okay. Thank you, Nancy. Um, there are so many firsts that happen. You know, I've had my my first day at work, absolutely. I've I've done road trips, you know, in in abstinence and sobriety. Um, the biggest example that I can give you is that I have lost a kidney. I have been on dialysis, and I have gone through a kidney transplant twice. I have done those things twice. I've done them in the food, right, in the disease, and I've done them in recovery. And I can promise you, I promise you, this is the easier, softer way. It's funny because we spend so much energy. I do. I spend so much energy before worrying, right? I was worried about the future, the past, wondering what's going on, sorting things out, and that noise is gone. It is gone. There is so much genuine joy in my life today. You know, I have friends that I care about. I have friends that care about me. You know, it's made this, this, this way of living has made me forget being a better person, you know, but it's made me a better brother, it's made me a better son, it's made me a better manager at work, it's made me a better employee. And I, I can't express how much gratitude I have for all of you. You know, and like I said at the beginning, I'm not special. This is available to anyone. And I'm not saying the work is is easy or or you're gonna love it. You know, my sponsor. I remember early on. I remember telling him, I don't want to do this. This this work is hard and it sucks. You know, and and I remember him telling me, Lewis, there's nowhere in the big book says you have to smile while doing it. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, crap. Just do it, right? How it works. These are the steps we took. You know, not the ones I debated with my sponsor. These aren't the ones I, you know, read about or watched a video on. These are the steps we took. You know, I love throughout when you're reading the big book, it's all momentum. 
right? It's all taking action. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't rest and park in the peaks or the valleys that happen in life, right? When the shit's good, I can't stay there. Two two minutes, Nancy? Perfect. When it's down in the dumpers, I can't park there either. There's going to be ups and downs. Life will always be in session, you know, but there is a solution. See, I brought it back around to the book. Um, so, yeah, so like I said, uh, I'm grateful you're all here. Again, if you're struggling, take someone's hand. There's nothing you have to do alone. If you don't hear anything I say, just know that that you don't have to do anything alone. And if you're listening to this on the recording, like five, ten years from now, I'll probably have the same phone number. And call me, 312-804-2623. And see how I'm doing. And if you don't believe that you're worthy of this, call me and let me tell you how you're wrong. Thanks for letting me share. Uh, this is a time for questions only. There's no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with any of us after the meeting. Feel free to call me. My number's in the thingy. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leader are my own, and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. If you asked a question last week, please wait until the first three questions have been asked before raising your hand. You can really tell I've only had, like, one cup of coffee so far. Uh, if you have a question, please click the raise your hand icon. Denny. Hey, Louise. Um, actually, I was going to call you. You don't know me, but I had you on my phone from a Wednesday meeting. I was going to call you last night because I'm struggling. Um, I, I have two questions, and you can sort of pick or maybe mush them together, and I would love to call you later. Um, one is that I feel like my core issues are in another program, not a substance program, but in like an under-earning enmeshment under living program, but I keep being told I need to put the food down first, but like I'm obsessed with my problems in that program, um, which I'm sort of slowly working. So I don't know. It's a little bit of a split focus. Um, and the other question is, I know my sponsor's on here. I hit a, I hit a real struggle because nothing she's asked me to do is unreasonable, <laughs> but I'm struggling because I'm trying to be vegetarian. I don't know what my food is yet because I don't know how much to eat or how to eat. Let me cut to the chase. Everybody in program says that they're able to put the food down because of a spiritual solution. But the spiritual solution comes from working the steps. And I'm only at the beginning of step one. I'm not blaming my sponsor. I know this is how program works. I've heard this from other sponsors. I want to be clear. So I'm being asked to do things that are reasonable within the program, yet I do not yet have the power of a higher power because I haven't worked the steps. But everyone says they're successful because of a higher power. So I, I, it's very circular. Um, how am I supposed to live up to the things I'm being asked to do when I haven't worked the steps yet and I'm still in the same mess that I was two weeks ago when I walked in the door? But then if I don't do these things, I feel like I'm failing and I'm afraid she's going to drop me now that she said that. So it's sort of circular. So that's my question. Uh, yeah, I'll say for the – it's funny you, you talk about the kind of overwhelming thing of just like what do I eat, what da 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 um, um, for me personally, I I went to see a nutritionist, you know, and and I, I did a list of alcoholic foods, right? My alcoholic foods with my sponsor, 
right? We came up with that list. I took that list to my nutritionist, and she sorts the food. Hey, get back, consult with my sponsor, done and done. My The important thing is you're not making the decision. That's what worked for me. You know, you're not making the, 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 the decision with the food. And it's funny you talk about the – just not being able to put it down and, 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 and this and that. I was uh, working with my sponsee today, and it's funny. I, I Just something always clicks. Uh, there was something. Where, where the heck did it go? Wait, when, when you say I'm not making the decision, I don't understand what you mean, Louise. I'm sorry. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't make unilateral food decisions. So if, like, I didn't come up with my food plan, I didn't come up with any of that. You know, what I would suggest is maybe sitting with your sponsor and find out what your alcoholic foods are. And then, like, foods you can't, like, there's no peace around. Like, for me, there's just not enough pasta on the planet for me to be satisfied, right? There could be an ocean of pasta that I'm just not happy. For some reason, you know, stuffing, you know, clicks the allergy of the body for me. I can't do it, you know. Um, um, but you only have to worry about literally, like, my first week, I remember breaking the day down for 24 hours. You know, I was trying to just get for the next hour. There was someone I checked in with on the hour just going, hey, I'm not eating. You know, so we're all here as a resource, you know. Call me, go, Lewis. I have, you know, I'm not, I'm committing to not eating for the next 60, 60 minutes. You know, break down the day. You know, we don't have to take it in all at once. We don't have to worry about all of Saturday, you know. We just have to have, let's make a plan, you know, get with your sponsor, make the plan. What are we doing today? Okay, I'm actually I'm actually fine throughout the day, but what happens is I'm trying to stick to an outside programs of points because I don't know how much to eat. And then at night, I'm often up till 1130. I have shows and stuff, and then I'm starving at night. And I've been told not to eat at night, and that's really a problem because I, I – I'm, if I if I eat at 8:30 and I'm up till 12:30 or 11:30, I'm starving. And yeah, look, I, I'll say this. You know, look, it, it, I just I love the way the, the book breaks it down. You know, uh, uh, early on in the book it says, right? I love the way it describes it so simply, where it's just like, you know, are are are, are you are you an addict with food and are you done? Are you licked, right? Like, are are you an addict with food and is your life unmanageable? Yeah. <laughs> I can honestly say that for many days this week, I have not been using – my bottom line is to not eat emotionally, to eat when I'm hungry and put it down. And I've actually been able to do that. I swear to God. But what's happening is I'm getting very hungry at night, and then I feel like I'm failing because my sponsor said don't eat after 8.30 or try to, try to only eat protein until 9.30, but I'm not eating chicken. So that's not working for me because I'm start. I'm, and then she's like, you're not okay. starving. I'm like, I'm telling you I'm hungry. I'm okay. actually hungry. I, this is, but this is what I mean. Like, we'll, we'll get – Stuck on the minutia. Why don't you give me a buzz and let's chat. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Devora. Um, I have two questions. One is I'm on step 11 and um, I am interested in how you meditate. Like when, (laughs) when, how, what. The other thing is um, I'm having trouble with portion creep. And I'm wondering what you have to say about that. Sure. Okay, so first thing, uh, pre- yeah, I can't believe I forgot to mention. This is why I love the questions because I can get the stuff that I forgot. Uh, prayer and meditation, first first order of business, right? I have a busted antenna, right? And and prayer and meditation is I tune, is how I tune that antenna to what my higher power's will is for me, right? 
if I don't tune the antenna, I'm getting mixed signals and I, you know, all of a sudden Lewis's will creeps in. So for me, it's the first order of business. Um, you know, meditation, the prayer, you just, for me, I talk to my higher power. It's just a straight up conversation. You know, I talk to my higher power throughout the day. You know, there's no blackout dates or times on when I can talk to God. You know, that's all day, error day. Uh, for, for the, for the meditation, just time and practice. You know, I remember being three months in program going, I can't freaking meditate. It takes time. You're right where you're supposed to be. So, you know, as long as you make it the first order of business, that'll help. Oh, and in terms of the, for the food creep, you know, it's the only thing I do perfectly. I don't eat no matter what. I don't eat no matter what. I don't eat if the pandemic. I don't uh, eat if my when my I didn't eat when my uncle uh, passed from prostate cancer. I didn't eat when when I got a sec when I found out that my kidney transplant failed. I don't eat no matter what. And sometimes all I have is the commitment I made to my sponsor to the amounts that I'm going to eat. Thanks, Devora. Thank you, John. Uh, thanks so much, Lewis, and talking about meditation. Uh, what else do you do, uh, during the day to, uh, to keep your abstinence and your spiritual life, uh, intact? And how does that impact your day? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Like I mentioned earlier, first thing, uh, in the morning, prayer and meditation, I have to do that. And then throughout the day, I stay in the direction, say, right? It's constant contact. With, with, with that higher power. So especially like in the car or if I'm on a walk, you know, I talk to God. For me, it's a conversation. You know, when, when the poop hits the fan for me, I use the third step prayer. That's sort of my hotline straight, straight to my higher power. Um, and that's just what I do throughout the day when I can't wait to the end of the day. I'm one of those. If, if, um, if I have a resentment growing, I can't wait to the end of the day to sort of do that 10 step on it. I have to clean it up right then and there because if I wait to the end of the day or to the next day, I can pretty much convince myself that I'm right about anything. So that those things are like weeds and I got to prune them ASAP. So those are the things that sort of keep my side of the street clean and, and, and connected. Uh, Julie. Hi, thanks so much for your share. Can you, Give an example, like a concrete example of, of, of apply, how you apply the spiritual solution, like when life's terms don't oh, yeah. make sense to you. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. You know, right in the beginning of the book, or, or right in the book, it says, you know, it says love and tolerance is our code. I'm just like, what? Uh, how am I supposed to do that, right? So a lot of times there's a lot of pausing. For example, oh, this is perfect. So I'm currently working on my fourth step again. I've done – Four is my like the fourth or fifth fourth step, and I've been there's a resentment that I've been carrying uh, uh, for a certain uh, people at work uh, that I, that I worked with throughout my career, and I've been carrying this thing with me the entire time. Now, what's the difference, right? When uh, before I would just pop off and and I would love to just do the angry email exchange or the in person you know uh, uh, cold war with 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 these people. And, and now the difference is, right, I apply, I apply these principles in all my affairs, right? You know, where can I be of maximum service? When my sponsor first suggested being of maximum service to the people that irk me the most, I thought he was nuts. But, you know, I've been doing things my way for 37 years. What if I try something else 
And so it's work. Do I still, do I still get cranky? Do I still, but I pause. We relax and take it easy, right? We don't struggle, right? I cease fighting. All of a sudden, you know, I find that, that the problems I had before, 99.9% my issue, right? So when I relax and take it easy, find God in those pauses or my higher power in those pauses, you know, all of a sudden, like, yeah, it's the, the, the stuff doesn't, it doesn't stick, right? It'll come. Like these things will come. The book tells us they will come. They don't go away forever. But, but when we keep that fit spiritual condition, they don't stick. Oh, a lot of pausing, a lot of prayer, a lot of service. Nancy. Hi. Thank you so much, Louis, for, um, for your read. My question is when certain character defects, defects come up that, that you feel like you've worked through, how do you address them? Um, and, I guess more specifically, you had mentioned um, the dishonesty. So I, I like some experience, strength, and hope around that. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, character defects for days. Oh, in five minutes, by the way. <laughs> oh, five minutes. Okay. I have character defects for days. Let me tell you, they will pop up, right? And like I, I, I very patiently uh, uh, and very kindly ask God to remove them, right? I have no control, right? So it's one, two, three on these things. You know, uh, uh, maybe not the scientists, but say, you know, uh, judgment is one for me, right? So right away, judgment kicks in. I'm powerless over this judgment I'm having, right? I ask my higher power to remove that judgment. So what do I do until my higher power removes that judgment, right? I get into helping someone else. Book's super clear, right? Where can I give service to the next person? You know, all of a sudden, when I'm in service to the next person, making an outreach call, checking in on someone, it's as simple as, you know, uh, yeah, like a, like a phone call. You know, what can I do for the next person? All of a sudden, my my issue with judgment is less. You know, so it's always going to be, I'm powerless over this. Ask my higher power to remove it and get into action until your higher power removes it. Uh, Carly in Alaska. Hi, thanks for your share. Um, I was hoping that you could go into more detail about what a food creep is. I've not heard that term before. Could you just explain it? Oh, I just, I, I just took it as, uh, the food creep is just when all of a sudden, you know, magically we put a little more plate on our food. Um, and you know, that doesn't, that doesn't, you know, I, I, I can't do that, you know, um, yeah, this is there's no food. I have committed amounts that I have, and you know, I, I commit my food to my sponsor the day, the morning of. I take pictures, I send them to my sponsor before I eat it. Done and dusted for me. Uh, Sarah. Thanks for your share. Um, Hi. I am a newcomer, and um. This question may be a little redundant for everyone else, but um, how, did you, <laughs> how did you um, find and choose your first sponsor? I know it's it's slightly different, uh, I guess, not being in the room with folks and not being sure. Um, you're seeing so many faces. I'm doing a meeting a day, sort of uh, who to reach out to. Like, what what did you look for? What jumped out to you? Well, what I, uh, thank you. That's a great question, actually. Uh, you know, it's funny because some people will say, you know, uh, find a, a, someone who has what you want, you know, and, 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 you know, ask them. But 
you know, early on when I first came in, I just wanted to not eat. I just don't want to eat. I just want to stop eating. I just want to stop killing myself with food, you know? So, so today what I, what I would suggest is instead of saying find someone that has what you want, find someone. You know, it's, it's the beauty is, is we're, we're not getting married, right? Like, you know, call someone and, and, you know, talk to them. And then if, if they want, if they have what you want and do what they do. And then, like I said, feel free to hit me up if you have more questions. Happy to chat more about this program stuff. Do we have time for uh, one, uh, Grace? Hi, how are you? Thank you for your Luis. Um, I'm a newcomer as well. Welcome. Um, thank you. I I think I'm, I don't know if this is a question for here or directly to somebody, but I'm working, I'm currently working another program and I just, I'm about to start my fourth step um, there. But, okay, the question is, is like, can I do both programs at the same time? Is that something that it's recommended? Should I just... Yeah, there's there's so many, and like I mentioned earlier, there's there's odds are pretty good that someone in this room or some other meeting has uh, experienced what you're experiencing currently, running two programs concurrently. Um, yes, yes, you can do both. You know, uh, um, I, I would, you know, one won't fix the other. Like those credits don't transfer. I'm sure you've heard that. But uh, do what you're doing now as a newcomer, especially at the meeting level, share. If anyone else has experience with that, um, you know, and, and ask if you can chat with them. There's there's so many people in, in, in these rooms that are, are working two programs concurrently. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. All right. I think it's 949. If anyone's got a quick 60 second here, no, or a question, guess not. What do you think, Mark or Stephanie? Should I? Okay. Um, yeah, a quick question. Uh, I know you do service in no way. How does uh, service brought you with, uh, you know, with your food, with your abstinence and to, you know, recovery? Thanks, Mark. Uh, food, uh, the, the service gets me out of just meat, you know. Uh, and this, for example, anything I did yesterday, you know, uh, leading a meeting last week, doing – uh, newcomer chair for some other making literature for my Tuesday meeting that doesn't keep me sober with the food today you know this this doing this today will help me today right and I'm sure you've all heard the expression you know we can't stay clean on, on yesterday's shower um, so I have to continually keep doing service and find where I can be of most use to the next person because if not I'm totally in my head and it's not a place I want to be, you know, because that's where the stories come up. And let me tell you something. I am a, a complete denier of reality once I'm in myself. Um, oh, and by the way, just let me add to that. You don't have to want to do service. That's the, that's the beautiful part, too. You know, do service. Do service. 